Welcome to another episode of Camping Out. I'm Dan Camp, and tonight we'll be sitting around the fire with one of my greatest mentors, the greatest football coach in central Illinois in the last decade, a man whose greatness surrounds him like an aura, Coach Derek Leonard. From growing up with a Hall of Fame level coach as a dad, we talk about the balance between a coach's touch and a mother's unconditional love, the importance of sports and clubs for kids still growing up, the lessons that only can be taught best by sports, and why quality of life needs to be a priority in looking at your legacy. I'll preface this episode with this isn't going to be really an outdoor elements show. Coach Leonard is admittedly a city guy who would rather stay away from the bugs. So if you're looking to hear harrowing outdoor stories this week, maybe listen to another episode or catch up with us next week. I can't wait for you guys to hear what Coach's thoughts and insights are. He's a wise man, and I can't wait to share him with you here now. It's time to get comfortable, get your fireside beverage ready, and get ready to hear from the great Coach Derek Leonard. Welcome to Camping Out. I'm Dan Camp, and tonight we're talking to one of the greatest men and football coaches on the planet, Coach Derek Leonard. As the head coach of Rochester High School in Rochester, Illinois, Coach Leonard has an incredible overall record of 157 wins and 32 losses in 15 seasons. To add to that, Rochester has won eight state championships in the last 10 years. While there are plenty of reasons to admire Coach Leonard as a coach, he's equally impressive as a mentor and a leader. His strong faith and character have become a source of guidance for many, including myself. A football coach, a father of two, a husband, and one of the most incredible men I've ever known, Derek Leonard. Welcome to Camping Out. Oh, that was a nice introduction, buddy. Thank you. That was, you made me look too good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I start writing those and I found myself having to like cut myself off for years so it wasn't like a two-minute intro because you got a lot of cool stuff that I could talk about and you've been a really influential person in my life. So I am so stoked that you're taking some time to uh, sit down with me tonight. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. anything for you. Appreciate it. Uh, this is the first uh, interview I've had where I wasn't having alcoholic beverage. And I know you're not much of a drinker. So I figured, you know, I'll have some tea tonight. It's probably good for me anyway. So I'm having uh, my Dano's green tea mixture with a couple other, you know, like collagen and fun stuff in there. So I'm actually taking care of my health tonight. What are you having? That's nice of you. I just for you, I told you I'm on a diet. It doesn't look like it, I know, but I'm trying. So there's nothing more to me than a McDonald's fountain coke. Real coke drinkers know you just you can't I can't have a can, I can't have a bottle. So I went to McDonald's. That's why I was running late for this thing. And I, <laughs> I got a coke for you, Daniel. So yeah, this appreciate my favorite you. thing when I'm stressed. This is I love I love real fountain coke. I, from well, McDonald's, so. it, uh, McDonald's Coke is the best. Th- and like you said, know, I don't drink Pepsi anymore. And I used to, you know, as a, I used to, I, I could do Pepsi. I don't like Pepsi anymore. I, I like Coke. I don't like Diet Coke. I like regular Coke. And I really like it from McDonald's or a movie theater usually or something like that. Always, always. So, um, a lot of my shows uh, will go into like an outdoor dynamic. I'm going to preface this one with, we're not really going to do that. And that's because you're not really an outdoorsman as far as like going out and like doing uh, you know, bugs and stuff like that. Um, one of my favorite memories, we were in Chicago, uh, for one of our seven on seven tours and we found this moth thing. It was as big as our hand and we like slid it under your door to your room and the squeals we can't heard coming out of there. I'll never forget that. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a city person. I'm afraid <laughs> most at all animals. 
Um, do not like animals. I'm almost like a Maury Povich when they bring them out. Like you said, I, I'm petrified of certain animals. And so, yeah, when you were, when you were, I was watching you and Riley's and, uh, I thought, man, this out, we're, we're going to have to talk a lot about football and life because it will not be outdoors. <laughs> right. Right. And that's the fun part about doing, having these conversations is, um, we get to talk about pretty much anything we want to, and uh, hopefully people love it. Um, we're going to kind of dive right on in. Um, like I said in the intro, you, you're you heavily based in football, but you know there's a lot of other facets to you that I think make you uh, the person that you are. Um, but I'd love to start kind of like as a kid growing up. For those of you who don't know, Derek's dad is Ken Leonard, who is a Hall of Fame coach in Illinois. Uh, and you know, the apple didn't fall too far, obviously. Uh, both you guys have really amazing careers. But uh, growing up with uh, Ken is your dad and your your mom was an amazing woman as well. Uh, talk to me a little bit about growing up in like that football family dynamic. Yeah, you know, it was, um, I, I tell people and it was so much fun because number one, I, we, I love sports. And so, and it's kind of like what these kids are going through now. And I know we'll touch that later, but um, sports meant something to me. It was important. Mm-hmm. It was, it was my avenue for school. It was my avenue for a lot of things because I love playing sports. I liked school. I understood the importance of it, but sports got me, right. Got me through it. Just like, Hey, some people are bands, some people are music. And so to have, have a football field, have a basketball court, have a, whatever I wanted at my disposal was an experience that I can't share with people. It's kind of why, I, I want to give my kids because I know, Hey, and my mom and dad, we didn't have, I, they, he still lives in the same house. Um, and we didn't have much money and that we weren't poor, but we weren't, we definitely weren't rich. And like I said, he lives in the same, same house that we did 35, 40 years ago. And so, um, it, but, but I didn't know the difference. I didn't know we were poor because man, I just had a great life and, and all my friends, you know, we had friends that were on the West side you, you're from Springfield the the rich big houses but everyone wanted to come to my house because hey we could play basketball we go play football we go hang out with the big time football players uh you know what i mean whatever my house was the go-to for everybody my older brother my younger brother um and so that's an experience that you know that i um it meant so much to me and has developed partly who i am and i want that for blake and austin and um you know and that's why i love being here because it's that same feel and that's kind of what I, why I am who I am, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, my dad was my coach for soccer as a kid growing up. And, uh, cause I could think about it right now. <laughs> yeah. You can see him running across the field and my dad is very competitive as am I. And, uh, you can kind of, I mean, as a coach's son, uh, you probably know this better than anybody if you have a bad day or, uh, you know, if there's a, something that's stressing out the coach or something like that, sometimes the car rides, uh, home aren't always as fun. Uh, but I, I had an, I have an amazing mother as well. And, and I, I had, was fortunate enough to meet your mother several times and she was just an angel. I, she's one of those people where if you were in the same space as her, you, you could feel her energy and it like made you feel better. Uh, was that the case after, uh, some sporting events and things like that? That is so the case. And mm-hmm. and you are so right. I mean, anybody who knew her was, she was just the most friendly, loving, but did not care about sports. She did not know anything about football. People think I'm, she loved watching us, but she did not understand. She did not care. She rooted for everybody. Mm-hmm. 
when we played Griffin, she doesn't, she didn't care that anybody won. Um, and it, you know, everyone says, Oh, their mother's like that. Yeah. You know, it's, that's how my mother was. And so when we, when I was done, my dad, Hey, just like any competitive person, yeah. you know, he tell you what you did right, what you did wrong. And mm-hmm. Hey, he'd tell you good job and give you a hug, but you know, you know how it is. Hey, you got corrected, which was good. I needed that part too. But then mom was full of hugs. Let's go buy you a pack of basketball cards, baseball cards, and some, you know, Reese's peanut butter cups. And let's <laughs> So she was, uh, she was definitely that for me. He, you read that well. I'll never forget um, when we played Griffin in 2010, I came off the field and, you know, you, you, the energy was incredible. Everybody was hyped up and uh, she, she's like, very good game. You know, she like gave me props for playing, playing a good game that day. And I'll never forget that. Yeah, no, she's, that's how, you know, that's how she was. She just, she felt she'd be so happy for us and so sad for that. You know, I mean, she was, mm-hmm. she could, and not much, you, usually you're always for somebody you're always and obviously it was father her husband and, and and her son yeah but she truly felt good for us and 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 then truly felt bad for griff you know what i mean it's it's there's and there's so many people that aren't like that and you can read them and she was just one of those genuine ones so absolutely that's the word i was going to pick too genuine absolutely Um, so you had this childhood growing up around sports and then you went on to play college football, uh, had a good career in college. And then, uh, you transitioned into coaching. Uh, what did that journey look like for you? Man, it, I was smart enough to realize at a, at a fairly, Hey, I'm not big enough. I, you know, I ain't mm-hmm. fast enough. Right. I, I realized what college was and I, and I, I think, I hope I was smart enough cause I had been around it to realize this is what I want to get out of it. Now I love competing, as you know. Hey, I'm I'm as competitive as anybody. Right. I love playing. If I go back and play, I'd probably still do it. You know, if I had the capabilities of doing it, I'd love to do it. But I can't. And, and so I knew. Hey, I knew I was going to be a coach. And so my process in college was much more. It was almost like football was. That was the course I was taking. And I and I, right. I, I hung around people. I learned who I had to learn around. And I was lucky at the time when I, in college, Illinois College, IC, which is um, right by uh, Springfield, in between Springfield and Quincy, and small D3 school. And at the time, we were terrible. But I, it was a bunch of great guys that all love football, were there for the right reasons, but we had to find ways to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different than Rochester now. It's different than Griffin then is, man, they were – being six and four was like huge. And so I think I needed that in my life, being around a traditional powerhouse my whole life, winning, going to a place where, hey, you got to find a way to win. You got to find a way to succeed. Um, and that doesn't mean winning every game. That means playing to your ceiling and try to beat, hey, trying to defeat somebody, maybe mentally, schematically, however it took. Right. Trying to figure that out. And I was around people that were smart enough to realize that too. Mm-hmm. So many coaches and so many people you know but especially then you did what you did hey if you won you won if you didn't you know um you, they just don't and, and I love the uh, schematic part of it I love the thinking and as a quarterback at the time um I know I don't look like one but uh, you know going fast know how I learned a lot of things in college that I carried on then to coaching you know that I kind of took with me because I thought man and maybe not even so much a Griffin. This could this this could work. I saw stuff from an angle um, 
it was almost like the, and I, like I said, I was very average, um, but I got to play and it was almost, it's like people that are like Michael Jordan, right? They say he wouldn't be a great coach. And I don't know if that would be, but sometimes the, the, the great people, you, they expect you to be like them where I think I went through that experience. I was average. Our team was, you know, working hard to be average and it, you know, you found ways to win. And so I think it, it, it that really helped me take that next step and, and get ready for coaching. Now coaching obviously took a while too, but at least I knew the direction I really wanted to go. In. Uh, it's, it, I see so many parallels in, uh, in your life and mine in that stage of our lives. Um, you know, I went and played division two ball at Quincy university. Uh, I'm undersized, you know, everybody that was like the main thing. You're not tall enough. You're not big enough. You know, I was 160 pounds going into my uh, freshman year at Quincy and I started, you know, 10, 11 games, but I committed to a school that had won zero games the year before. And I lost three games in high school, three, um, and had, you know, just this incredible experience, uh, that way. So do you think there's as much to learn in, uh, in having that losing, feeling uh you know that feeling of defeat as there is in winning or is there more to win uh is there more to to learn in a win or a lose situation that's a good question let me start with this that don't sell yourself short you were much better than me i, <laughs> I was just telling and i want to let all these listeners know that for pound for pound you might have been maybe the best football player i've ever had so you have uh, no idea i put so, that on my headstone the wrong way because he was if he was 6'2", 240, he would he would he was D one type. So, um, you definitely learn more from you, you from losing. You know, the win sometimes you can and you were there. Hey, sometimes we would win, 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 and, and sometimes you don't even realize your flaws. And even as a coach, you you take us you you take your foot off the pedal because you get relaxed. You let people do maybe things that they, and then all of a sudden you get up against a team and they bite you and, and mm-hmm. it, you weren't ready where, or if you have a bad game or you lose, it's like, Hey, what are we doing wrong? What are we struggling with? What are we? Um, and, you know, I think even your senior year, for example, we had just enough games like the Griffin game. I thought we played well and we won. It was one of those crazy, still the greatest game I've ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. But we didn't play great. I tell people we probably should have won bigger than we did. Um, and that you almost use that as a, then we can even be better. Right. And we can. Um, so I think, I, I think when you lose as a coach, I know I'm more aggressive. I'm saying, Oh, and I look, and when you win, you almost feel sometimes even when you win and it's not pretty, or, you know, you really look back at it, it's like, man, we didn't even play that well. Mm-hmm. And as a coach, I, I think, and this is life you want, and I was talking to our kids today about this. I, you want to play, you want, I want my players to play to their ceiling. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. everybody's got to give us talents different. And my job as a coach is to bring the best talent out of each person and to make them, Hey, you, some people's gift, Hey, they they might not be as athletic, but maybe they come closer to it. Right. Where some kids are great and they just play barely better than the next person. So they can start. Right. right. But really they're not using all the talent they have. And as a coach, if we're not playing our best, if my kids aren't playing to their talent, then, man, I, I failed. And sometimes in winning, sometimes, hey, we're better than the team. Even if we play our worst game, they play their best. It's almost teams we beat, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't that doesn't mean it's right. It's, it's almost worse that way. And so you try to concentrate on that. But the lose when you lose, it, it all comes back because it's everyone. Uh-oh. Especially at Rochester, as you know, right? Those, man, when we lose, it's, hey, we got we to gotta refocus and we got to we got to figure it out. So I definitely learned probably more in college 
in that atmosphere. And then definitely later on, and the, the, you remember the losses more than you remember the win, but we also got better because of a lot of those. So. Being a young coach and coming into uh, a program in, a, in its infancy, which was what Rochester was. I mean, how many years had they had football even before you came on as a coach? Like eight? I think our, my year was the 11th because I think it just passed 25. And I was 11, 12, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you're coming back into Central Illinois. We played in different conferences than Sacred Heart Griffin at that time. Um, but I have to imagine you felt you felt some pressure probably uh, stepping into like the same lion's den that your, your dad was a part of and still is a part of and uh, kind of starting to have to fill those shoes that were kind of laid out for you um, from that moment until now, what have been some of your favorite moments and growing points? Oh man. Um, you know, when you get into it, I was so focused and I was so on, on each year and, and especially that first year, I, 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 I was young, didn't realize I was young. You know, yeah. you just come in. There were some situations where you get in and you realize, I remember the first parent meeting, first thing, I was 24. And, and it was like, whoa, what am I doing? But then once I got on the football field, and it's it's funny how I tell people I had as much fun those those first years as I am today and going three and six and going five and five. The the drive and, and the experience, I, you know, the the journey was as good as, it brought us to that 2010 state championship game and all that, everything that went into that, there was so much emotion and so much, um, you know what I mean? There was so much that went into that because you put so much time into it. You love it. And, um, you know, my highlights were number, it, it was baby steps. Hey, at first it was, um, and how do I win games? It wasn't, I didn't right. even think about it. If you told me eight times state chance, I would have, I would have done I would say not in a million years. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> and then, hey, then Sean's group came up, and I thought I, at first it was just me. How do we win? It was kind of like I see how can I win a few games. However, that is try. Then Sean's group, I thought, okay, we got a special group coming through, and that was your that that group that was a year above you. And then obviously your group, and I thought, oh, oh, we got something special. And um, then once I think you were probably a freshman sophomore, then then you then you shift to hey we can do this. Let's win our, we want to be state champs, right? We can, we can pull this off. And, um, obviously coming up a little short, your junior year. Um, and, and I still feel terrible for that group. It's still probably the worst loss that I've ever experienced in my yeah. coaching career. Um, because I want it for those guys so bad because they, they were as good as some of my state championship teams now, you know? Um, but you look at the whole experience and the whole storyline, it was probably supposed to be you guys. It was probably in, in the end. I think it was because you, you, man, you guys. And I'm not saying this because you're in front of me. Is the greatest team I've ever had. It was the most awesome group I've ever had, and it was a group that was ready to take that next step. And then that just, and then the rest of it has been really all parts of that. It, it's it hasn't stopped growing. It hasn't stopped. Um, you know what I mean? It. it mm-hmm it's funny how the steps get you there and it is a journey and it is, especially to a place like Rochester, a small town that um, it means that, but man, those kids, there's still roots that I, I tell people it was still back from the Will Lunt days, the Sean right. Rouse. So there's still things that are there. You know, they still go out to the um, bleachers the night before the games. As I could go through a list of things that you'd remember that they still do that, man, those were, they yell were knock on special hands team coach. <laughs> We still do these things that is so that I mean just these little things, but it man, it means so much to these kids. And um 
to obviously where we're at today. And so a um, lot of, a lot of good things are along the way. Never thought I'd be here. Um, right. but it was, it was fun. I'll never forget um, that after we played Metamora and we lost by one point last play of the game, sloppy field, questionable calls, you know, uh, I look back and I'm like, I should have watched more film. Like there's a lot of, you know, I think everybody probably has a, a what if moment there. Uh, but my biggest takeaway truthfully are two things. I, I um, remember how it felt to let people like Sean and Jake and Bain and all those guys down. I remember that feeling. And then I remember uh, we're in the huddle. We're all pretty upset. And you say, I promise you next Thanksgiving, we're going to be uh, state champions. Yeah. And everybody around was like, what did he just say? Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm in. I'm buying that's into this. Took, that's all it took that group. And I, and I really, you know, I knew I just, just you guys and that group, like I said, I knew. I, I And hell, it was motivation, let's be honest. But I, really, I it's something I really believe because I try not to, I try to motivate. And sometimes you got to be a positive BSer, but mm-hmm. as a coach, but I believe that, you know, and I was the same way people, I get more upset. I still feel bad for those guys. I still, I still am. Cr- there's not a time that goes by. We put in that tape still. Cause some of these kids, I got to go back and show, I mean, this is what devastation is for in these kids world. Hey, sports aren't the most important things. A lot of things more important. Right. But in, 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 Hey, in those times that, that was huge for us. That was a major goal in everyone's life. And, and so for those guys, it meant so much. And cause I'm going to, Hey, I got the next season. I'm going to be competitive the next year. You know, my juices never stop running. Right. For some of those guys, Jaws and Hare, Bain, all you go through the list, they they never played football again. Never did. So to me, it was, man, it was pain. And, and it's, and those are all losses that, you know, we've lost a few since then in the, in mm-hmm. the semifinals and quarterfinals. And you feel the same pain for those kids. And that was the first, and I really thought that group was, so that's probably the worst loss. And yet the next greatest season, you know, it kind of goes together. So those two years were, man, so special for me. And um, all our, well, we still talk about it. We still show the 2010 highlight film. We still yeah. show, everyone gets tired of me talking about that team, but they just don't <laughs> understand. It's, it's always my um, throwback. And I try to be honest. I say, hey, you know, everyone asks you, who's the I mean, I, and I talk about why, you know, obviously we had great athletes and great players, but um, there's so much that, um, as you know, as that, that group had that, um, you can't, sometimes you can't, uh, recreate, I guess. Yeah. There's a lot to be said with, uh, with chemistry and, uh, and love too. I mean, we loved everybody on that field and uh, that's something that to me, it's kind of followed me out of high school, helped me out through my college career. And then, uh, you know, as I'm an adult now trying to navigate my way through life. I, I look back and a lot of the things that I learned through football and I played a couple other sports, never as committed as football, but mostly through football. Uh, I learned a lot of things about uh, teamwork and community and uh, character. Uh, I'll never forget. You know, one thing that you preach a lot is uh, you know, you are who you hang around. Your character is is based on that. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm so lucky to have this incredible group of people around me and not everybody has that. So I'd love to uh, pick your brain a little bit about what like values and ideas are uh, are best taught through sports. Yeah, I think, man, exactly, man. And you kind of hit on them all. People learn, and I and I and I hate to say this, but I think football is the ultimate because 
team sport because you need so many people to do, but, but in all sports, basketball, baseball, it doesn't matter. People that learn to whether we're different in a huddle, right? I, I mean, we, you get black, white, you get, you get heavy set fat guys, you get skinny guys, you get athletic guys in a team in a huddle. You have every different type of person that you can ever, mm-hmm. right? You got smart down. I mean, you go through the list. I mean, when we have the, the 20 seniors you had, everybody was different. Right. Everybody is a, is a difference. See, but but to be good, you have to number one build relationships with those people, right? And that's life is is building relationships, on, but but also being able to work with people who are different than you, being able to um, produce with people that are you know, hey, however you got to produce, you did it. Now your group was lucky because you guys loved each other, and, and mm-hmm. that's also when you get a group to love each other. Hey, when you love somebody, you'll do a lot of things for them. Right. You'll do things that you don't expect. You'll do things. Um, but even when you don't, not not everyone always likes each other. Right. Not everyone in your group hung out with each other. Right. Um, but when you come together for one goal and we're all going towards the same thing, that's when things happen. That's what I think we've done a little bit is put all our differences away. When we come together, we, we and we're kind of all aiming at the same thing. Right. And, and, and when you do that, you can experience. And, and some people don't. And I don't care what anyone says. There's some some people never experience that. Right. They mm-hmm. never get that feeling of. Um, and, and so, hey, they don't know how to work with people. They don't know how to they don't know how to work as a team. They don't know how to communicate relationships. Sometimes, you know, their social skills lack. And there's a lot of ways to get that. Right. I'm not saying that. But football and what you've experienced, what Riley experienced, people, um, I, I know that's, you know, hey, you know, you know, there's a lot of good things that have came from football and came from sports. And that's the whole thing right now we're trying to fight here in Illinois is. I don't care if we play this fall. I really don't. I, it's actually kind of nice that I, I'm off. I'm not as stressed. My heart feels better. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, yeah, I, you tell people and they like, oh, it's just for you. It's selfish. I don't think I'm a selfish human being. I feel bad. I, don't, I want these kids to experience it. I think it is so important. Um, and, and, and like I said, it doesn't matter what it is, band cheerleading, singing. Um, it's so important. And people, again, you have to be through it to understand. And your group was uh, it, it was a special one and there's not many groups love is the ultimate it's the it's the mm-hmm. it's, it's what makes in my opinion unless you have great great talent it makes a, a great team from a good team um but also learning but there's so many different that's as again that's what i love about football there's so many people that you got to bring together um and, and and you know what i mean it's not easy I, I tell people your group it was one of the it was the easiest year to coach and it was also the hardest because you had so many characters i tell people football wise easy when you had a deal with colton glazebrook when i had a deal with colton glazebrook and he wanted to just play video games and Mm -hmm. he didn't want to return or broglin or gilson or you talk about different people dirty mike i mean you go through the (laughs) list of folks you just you know i mean people and riley you i mean you chase walker who's maybe the smartest kid we ever had but on the football field he's maybe one of the dumbest at times i mean mm-hmm. just the different elements and people you bring together and um but your group like i said they loved each other and, and in the end that, that's what uh began you know you just go through the list of just great people but just different personalities now i've never had a group of personalities like that yeah, those group of guys. I mean, we're all still in touch, obviously, and <clears throat> it's. Uh, I I don't know anybody else that has a group of people in their life like I do, like those guys. So it's it, it is um, 
Amazing. And you touched on it a lot. And it's that, that love feeling and that uh, ability to, to dive and make that tackle and, and come up bloodied, but your friends are picking you up and you know, you didn't think about it. You just did it because that was your unified goal. And that's, you mentioned uh, football being the ultimate team sport. I mean, I'm partial, but I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly because to get, you know, 22 people, sometimes you have people playing both ways um, to all work for a common goal in very, very different ways is, I mean, you can't replicate that. And I say this, no, how many people actually like to hit somebody or get hit? How many people really like to fight? How many people you, right? I mean, so you have to lose that fear for mm-hmm. someone else. And, and for a lot of people, right? I mean, you know, hey, and you were one of the hardest hitters. Now you were tough. But a few of those guys I never thought were tough guys. But they knew if they didn't do it, they felt like they the the the, the, the being fearful of letting their friends down and their team down, they lost that fear. Right. It, Colton Glazeberg did not like to get hit by any stretch of the way. Colton Glazeberg didn't. And I'm talking about our running back. He didn't like football, but he cared what these guys thought. He wouldn't act like it, but he cared so much about what these guys thought about him that he all of a sudden played hard. He's one of the best running backs I've ever coached. God given what, but he hated getting hit. Travis Everly did not want to get hit by anybody. Right. Some of those kids who, like I said, most people don't like contact, don't like getting hit, don't like, but man, when you love somebody, when you, you get over that and you don't even think about it, right. You don't even, you don't even think about getting hit or getting hit. It, it, that's the football is a physical sport and, and you lose it for that basketball. Hey, it's physical, but it's not, you're not leaving bumped and bruised and, and, you know, actually giving man tackling somebody, which man, it hurts. Right. Right. You have a unique role. Uh, especially in, in the Rochester community, like a small town community, uh, as someone that everybody knows, everybody wants to talk to you. Uh, I'm sure like life can be hectic at times. Um, but you off, also head up the FCA, which is the, um, what's it stand for? It's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Fellowship of Christian Athletes, correct. Yeah, so um, you take on almost like a spiritual leadership point with these kids uh, as well. And you have kids that come from pretty much every sport to come do that with you. Um, how do you see your role outside of sports as still, uh, as kind of a coach or a mentor to people? Yeah. You know, I see, I, you know, I try to, it's, it's probably the most important thing in my life. You know, I think, um, you know, when my mom, you know, when she left and my brother, I had a brother that died in a car crash an older brother, man, when those things happen, you, you're like, man, you know, and I believe I know where they're going. I know I know where they're going. And, and so that to me that, Hey, that is so important in my life. And how I, it's what's, it's, it's the number one thing. It's because it's X and O's. You got to know, you guys, I hope thought I knew what I was talking about, right. You mm-hmm. coach Warren, you hope you knew what he's talking about, right. In you, you X and O wise, you, um, you know, that's important, but the most important thing is I, and I have found this and, and my dad was a great mentor with this is if the kids know you care for them and love them, that you know what I mean? They'll play for you. And, and and I always wanted to come across as genuine. Um, I still try to, and be me. I, when you leave, I want you to know like, you, Hey, you, you still know that, you know, it, it, that's important to coach. That was, and that's who he is. He doesn't, he, he's not a phony. It doesn't mean I don't sin and I don't mess up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, when you leave, I want to say, man, he was that, that's who he is. He walked his walk and talked his talk, you know, and 
like I said, I'm not perfect. You know, when I get mad, I, I curse, I'm competitive. Um, there's some bad things about me that I, you know, that I, and I'm honest with you guys. I try to tell you, Hey, I don't drink, but I like to gamble. Right. Yeah. I have all these things that it's like, man, you try to be truthful with you boys and, and say, Hey man, this, these are my negatives in life. And, um, but I try to be real and I try to be, and I hope when everyone leaves, they're like, man, whatever he was, I, I man, I respect it. I, I, I could see, you know what I mean? I want to pass that on and don't push it. And there's other people, Hey, that are, that get into it. And I want to, man, I want to show them that way. And, um, but I, I want, um, I want all, all my players and all to, to be better men, but to also say, man, coach, he was who he said he was, you know, and he, he walked the walk. He wasn't perfect, but he, you know, he did it. So. That's a great answer. I love that. Is it okay? Good. You've accomplished a lot. You got a lot going on for you. Uh, you're a dad, you're a husband. Uh, you are one of the most winning football coaches in the game right now. Um, what's next for you? I guess if you had all the resources in the world, you could go do whatever you want, you know, like what's your moonshot, what kind of impact do you want to have here as you continue to move forward? It's a good question. Um, and it's a hard question, man, because I, um, I, and this is hard to say, cause I don't think so many, so many people struggle with this and I think you're very good at it. I think you have a gift and I've always told you, you could be a, you could be in movies if you wanted. You could do these podcasts for. You have, you have a guy. I was just telling that one of the guys at the baseball game. You have a guy gift talent that, you know, man, you are you're special and how you express yourself. Some people aren't happy with where they're at ever, right? I could be here, and I'm telling you, God, God's put me here for a reason to help people and help younger people and truly, um, you know what I mean? Help, yeah help them become men. And, um, because the winning, and I hope this isn't arrogant, but I've, it doesn't, if it keeps building up, it doesn't matter at this point, right? I would have never dreamed eight state champs. I'd never dream, you know, I still, and now, Hey, that doesn't mean I'm going to go compete and I'm not going to try to win everyone. Right. But for, I've hit, I, I'm good where I'm at. If I ended right now, you know, from a yeah. winning standpoint, doesn't mean I'm not going to don't take it as I'm not going to try to stop winning. Right. Um, I would love to go coach in the NFL. I'd love to go coach in college. If that opportunity ever came, and I think a lot of people, this is it. Quality of life, I do believe, is more important than making a certain amount of money. Right. And certain things that you, you know, because I see these people, these college coaches come into my office and I talk to these guys, these NFL guys even, because I'm lucky I've experienced, I've seen, I've met a lot of people and, and, and formed some good friendships. And, some of these people are miserable, right? Mm-hmm. Even though, hey, they have all the fame. They have, they're in the Big Ten. They're in the NFL. They they have money. They drive nice cars, and they're miserable. But why are they miserable? I, I, you know, everybody's a little bit different. You know, hey, they're away from their families. They're, um, they're 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 around a head coach that's really not a good person, right? They don't lead them in the right way. And so, hey, but you got to walk the walk. And so. I saw what my dad went through. I, I feel like what I went through is I think quality of life is, is, is more important than the other things. The other things are good. Now, and that's what I mean. If, if, if the right person got the job, if Dan camp became the head coach for the Chicago bears, I come be his offensive coordinator, right? If some of these guys are in football now, Mike Gunner, Zach Grant, um, David Gunner, Leaper. There's a lot of kids that are, man, are, are coaching college now that we all played with, right. That you played with. And, those guys got a job those are people I trust and love. And I say, Hey, you know what? They'd be family people first. Football isn't first. 
family, you know, in my, in my life, Jesus. And, and so other things, priorities, and that has to be, doesn't mean you don't work your butt off. Doesn't mean you don't put in the hours, but some of these people are crazy. Some of these people just meet to meet. They're just, they, they put in time to put in time and it's, it's not even good time. Right. It's mm-hmm. uh and that world scares me because that's not me. And I, 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 man, I have to admit, I have a good life here. And so, yeah, I know it was a long answer, but um, I hope it's one that, cause I, I think it's, it's Pete Riley. Right. I mean, I think he was, he was great because he was kind of the different approach than, than I think you and even me to a point, but he's so, but that's him. He's so focused. He's so boom. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get it done. And he's such a hard worker that it fits him so, so well. And, um, but I, if I were giving advice to anybody, I, I do think quality of life, don't man the money, all those things. Hey, those aren't bad things. Those are and those things you can shoot for and shoot for, but don't let your quality of life head downhill because man, then family, so many things, your mental, it goes, man, it can go bad on you. And so I, I've seen it around too many people. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I'd love to go coach big one day. And if the right opportunity came, I would do it. I would also be perfectly happy here for the rest of my life, I think. And, coaching my man I the great thing about this is why I'm coaching Blake's flag football team nice second grade team I've lost more games in the last <laughs> three weeks than I have in my whole coaching career so man I've, I've been humbled uh, watching Austin I get to go to his football flag football games and soccer games and so um, I get to be a dad a little bit and um, you know and that's something I wouldn't right I, I it's, it's something I'm experiencing that a lot of guys don't get to Cool. Um, we're going to move into the uh, final five, final five questions here. Uh, before I do, is there anything that we uh, that missed or didn't touch on that you want to bring up before we hop into that? Man, I don't think so. Blake Gann's wedding was awesome. It was fun and great seeing all you guys. I know that I love seeing your group. So that was a lot of fun, you know, mm-hmm. as a, uh, but otherwise, no, that's it, buddy. You done a great job. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, the first question is, uh, do you want us to find you on social media at all? I know you're not super active. Maybe you retweet and like some tweets every now and then. Uh, is there anywhere people can follow along or just kind of pay attention to Rochester football? Yeah, I, well, we have the Rocket football, but I at Coach Leonard 3, which you did, man, please, no one follow me if you don't, man. You do not have to. If You know, I, I hate hate social media with a passion. Um, mm. I do not have Facebook. I do not. I wish I could get on there, but I, I think the negative outweighs the positive Right in my life and what I do. I think, you know, Hey, it's your age. It's, it's a way of connection. I get it with young people, but it scares me. It, it, there's more negative than I think positive. And I Twitter I use now so I can communicate with the team and, mm. um, com- and I do see news out of that. I will say that. Cause I don't get a newspaper. So man, you know, my, I'm so hectic. I'll check. And I do see some good things from Twitter, but Twitter is the only thing. So at coach Leonard. Perfect. Um, on the kind of the same page of awareness, is there any uh, cause or uh, issue or cool book that you read recently? Anything that uh, you would push out there kind of plug? Um, not, man, I don't read much. So mm-hmm. not, not much from that angle. Um, you know, just the, I think, if anyone's noticed this whole thing that's going on in Illinois, I just, you get so, you get two causes coming from two different ways and I get it and everything's so political and, and Dan knows me and knows I, man, I don't know anything about politics and I don't, I don't want to, I believe what I believe in and, and I'm, I, I'm, you know, and I'm going towards that goal. And so everyone, I've tweeted more than I've ever tweeted as you've seen retweets because, and, and trying to help these kids play and get it because it just doesn't, 
we're one state now in the whole Midwest that doesn't have fall sports. And, um, you know, we just, I just don't, we just don't, I just don't understand it. It's such, it's a political move, the hypocrisy, you know, I, I'm, I'm smart enough to see that kind of stuff. And I realize what, what's going on is not right. And it has nothing to do with Democrat, Republican. I would say, I, I don't see the world lacks a lot of leadership right now in so many angles and at the low levels, the middle levels and the highest levels. Mm-hmm. The leadership is, is not, you know, doesn't mean that they're not smart people. They're not doing right things, but man, the leadership is lacking big time. So I think it's something we all got to come together, people with some common sense and, and have some leadership, I guess. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Um, yeah. I know you're not a big outdoorsman, but question number two is what is your favorite outdoor activity and why? <laughs> is it, is it riding your golf cart around? It is right. Yeah, that's a good one. I like riding a golf cart. Um, outdoor activity. That is a great question. Well, I feel like everybody, even if you don't really like bugs or something like that, there's something you enjoy like I going outside. This. Me and Blake and Austin, we started we started fishing during this quarantine. Now I had to bring someone who would take off the fish because I don't <laughs> like doing that. So we go down by Zach's house, you know, at Lincoln Greens or the lake, you know, at the whatever hole that is, fifth hole, and we go down there every day. And because, man, we just didn't have anything. You didn't have anything to do. Right. And these two love it, which is crazy because dad does that. Blake loves it. And even this little guy here, you want to say hi real quick? Hey, buddy. Um, They love, man, they love going fishing. So we started. um, So I actually enjoyed it. But like I said, I I still won't touch the fish. Uh, You know, I I, so I'm I hate fish. So but I like fishing. So there you go. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite outdoor place that you've been? It could be like a football field. It could be, it could be the pond that you're catching fish at. St. Joe's. Oh man. We could have a whole podcast telling St. Joe's stories. Whole podcast. (laughs) Whole podcast. There's some great stories that we better not tell right now. The Cody Sands stories. We got a lot of, we got a lot of good stories, but that's my favorite, favorite place um, right now, you know, because number one, it's uh, it is, it's for a city boy and, it's to this day, every football player, it is their number one. They love that trip. It is the thing they remember most. We still take it. And even this year, he let me come. I got to take the seniors, not as many, but mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a guy, John Wright. And I know people don't know what we're talking about, but um, he basically has a field of dreams in his backyard. He played in yeah. the NFL. He's a motivational speaker. And when we got hooked up one of my first years, crazy story, but now we're friends and he lets me bring our team to a camp there every year. And he's got a pond, basketball courts, um, tennis. He's got dogs, horses. You can shoot ski. He's like the Dusecki's guy. Right? He's, he's everything. He's the, he's the man. And uh, mm-hmm. But it's for my football team, and it's the greatest time. But it's also great for us coaches. Two days, get away. And it's, man, it's, uh, it's outdoor life, right? It's as much outdoor for me as it can be, so. That was pretty outdoors. I think everybody is out there, like you said, doing everything and, and hanging out. And that trip every year is, is something special. That's beyond football, too. You know. Um, this one's a little bit deeper. Uh, question number four is, um, what's something that you see today as a blessing that in the moment it might have been a mistake? Wow, that's a great question. You, I'll say this, and this is a terrible, and this is, the the tragedy that's happened you know with my mother and and obviously and my brother um I know where they're at but it was so terrible at the time and obviously I would trade it for none of those things to happen Mm -hmm. but I did learn I've learned a lot and I and it's things that I can pass on to other people I saw how she lived her life um 
I saw, you know what I mean? I, I saw a lot of good things in some bad times. Yeah. And, and, and like times now, you know what? She wasn't afraid to die. She, and she was going to live her life. She wasn't going to live in fear. She wasn't going to, and so many people right now, and I get, Hey, the Corona, I don't want to die and I don't want to, but I also, I'm not going to live in fear and I'm not going to let this thing, you know what I mean? So there's gotta be some give and take there. It's so, it's so one or the other right now. And, mm-hmm. and seeing how she lived um, and the pain she went through and the suffering. And um, that was something obviously I would trade it. I would, I would take it back in a million years, but where I'm at today, I did learn a lot from that um, experience and, and um, it, it, it's helped me. And I think it's changed me a little bit. So that's a great answer. Thank you for sharing. Before we move to question number five, uh, coach, I just want to acknowledge you for being uh, the solid, hardworking, you know, walk the walk, talk the talk kind of guy uh, that that you're striving to be. Um, I know that myself included, uh, so many people look up to you for that. Uh, a lot of people admire you. Uh, I want to thank you for believing in me, uh, helping me uh, achieve my goal of playing college football and always pushing me to believe in myself, uh, realize my gr- own greatness inside of me. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to be from the Midwest and Rochester for a lot of reasons, and uh, you're at the top of that list. And uh, I'm very um, thankful for you in my life. No, thank you, Ray. I appreciate it. It means more to me than a lot of things. So I appreciate that. And you were one of the most special people I still talk about. Like I said, your group and you and even just you, we still talk about you. That's how that's the impact. Sometimes players have impact on me and you were one of those guys that, man, you you truly I, I still tell people, I say we need more Dan Camps, man. We need more people that just um that play like you and love and live life like you. So I appreciate you, Coach. All right. Question number five, you ready? Yep. All right. It's all said and done. You've, uh, you've, you've come and gone. We're sitting by the campfire and uh, we're talking about you in a nutshell. What do you hope we're saying? Um, I hope you said what you just said. Honestly, if, if everyone says that, um, and, and says, man, he, he did it the right way. He, he, he said what he, you know, and he was a good person, good father, good husband. Um, and a good coach and not a good coach because the no rings, no wins, losses. We'd have lost. You said, man, he's a good man. He did things the right way. And he helped me become a better person, a man. That's really, man, that's what it's about. And that's what I want. I want, you know, like I said, I don't, I love winning and I love to be competitive. That's, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's definitely a minority part of it. You know, and it's a small part of it. I want to be, I want, yeah, I want to be loved and I want to, and I want to do it genuinely and still, and be competitive and teach you the right way. I don't want to be easy and I don't want to be too hard. I want to be, man, I want to be a, a guy that they say, man, he was competitive and he got us to play hard and I'm a hard worker cousin, but man, he loved me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, um, he's a good man. And um, I, I hope, like I said, if, if everyone says what you said, I'd be, that's awesome. That's, that's what I would shoot for. So. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hey, I appreciate your time tonight. I know you're a busy man. So it means the world to me that uh, we had the opportunity to sit down and have a pretty fun conversation. It's the best conversation I've had in about two weeks, buddy. So the best hour I've had in two weeks, I can promise you that. So cool. I'm happy to be a part of it. I love you coach. We'll talk soon. Love you too, buddy. Thank you, man. Keep it up. Yeah. Tell everybody, Hey, for me. I will see you buddy. And that's a wrap. Another episode of camping out is coming to a close here. Whether you are an athlete or not, I hope you could pick through that conversation we just had and learn something about life and leadership 
and uh, how to leave a legacy that prioritizes your quality of life and the people that you get to spend it with. As always, Camping Out team, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media, whether it be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, spreading it around and getting it to more people is always helpful. If you have time, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review it. That is one of the greatest ways that you can help out and help us grow our community of campers. As with every show, I've added a couple things to the show notes. You can also follow Coach Leonard on Twitter from there and uh, see some more details about anything that we talked about. That's the case with every episode. Music was done by myself. And remember, friends, adventure comes to those who go. We'll see you next week. Thank you.